Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. Bible, you can turn to Romans chapter 1. I'll be there in a second. Hallelujah. I thank you for your faithful, faithful, faithful giving to Revival Life Church. Thank you for being um, faithful in your finances to God. I, I, I appreciate you uh, operating in faithfulness uh, and in faith. Regarding that, uh, we are, we are, um, we're just trying to, we're, we're discerning the Lord's path ahead. We want to make sure that our church is safe and stable before we move into the next phase of what we feel like God has called us to. I've got invitations to go to uh, Mexico, to Kenya, to London, uh, but I, I'm not going anywhere until I'm sure that our house is secure. I want us to be a sending organization, a house that has more than enough to send people to where God is calling them. And so that requires us as saints to be faithful in the house with our finances. Amen? Amen. And this is what we want to be. We want to be faithful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are in our message series, our Summer of Faith message series. And before I get into the message, um, has anybody been challenged in their faith this summer? Has God, has God challenged anybody? Like, I need you to... Give me a little bit of Mikey here. Let me, get, let me hear what's going on back here. There we go. Have, have, you, have you felt challenged, God telling you to do some things that you're like, not sure I want to do. I'm not sure. That's, that seems a little uncomfortable. Is it, is it just me? Or has, has there been other people? Are you, have you noticed that? Have you, has anybody noticed? That's God challenging your faith. That is faith working on the inside of you. This is what, what's happening is faith is desiring an outlet in your life. And you have had kind of some blockages. There's some plaque, as it were, in your arteries. There's a blockage of the flow of faith in your life. And what we like to do is we like to, like, we like to control where the, blood of, where the blood flows, where the faith flows. It's like, uh, you know, when we go on a diet and we just want to lose, we want to tell the body where to lose fat. We're like, no, no, I want to keep some there, but I just like to lose some over here. And we're like, oh, that's, that's not how it works. It, you, just, you lose all or, or you don't, you can't really target that. That's a, that's, a, that's a misnomer. And faith has to be full faith or there's no faith. Faith over here will produce faith over there. You just begin to operate in faith in one area, and then all of a sudden you get your breakthrough in your other area. God, God knows how to get faith moving in your life, so He tells you, you've got to step out in faith over here so I can get your breakthrough over there. This is how it works. And if some of you have been challenged in some areas, I just want to let you know. This is God trying to bring your blessing. And, and I, don't, I don't know that we can speed up our blessing. I do know we can slow it down. Anybody hear me right now? We can slow it down. And I'm, I'm, my, 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 I don't know about you, I feel like sometimes my, my blessings are already on a slow road. I don't need them any slower. I don't need it stuck in sand. I don't need it taking a side road. Remember when your kids were little? And you were trying to go home, and they saw McDonald's, and they wanted to stop for a Happy Meal. And you're like, I don't got time to stop for that right now. We're trying to go somewhere. And you're like, oh, no, but we could just stop. You're like, no, I'm trying to get somewhere. Your faith is trying to get you somewhere. I just, I'm, this is on, right? 
See, so we, our faith is trying to get us somewhere. Yeah, do me, do me magic on that if you would, please. Do, do whatever, whatever spell you do to make those things visible. Whatever you do. But God is leading you into a promised land. I just, I, 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 this, this is going to be a little different today. Because I need to just kick some faith into some people today. I need to just kick some faith into you. I need to just, I need to, if I could, I'd come off the third rope and suplex some faith into you if I, if I, if I could. I, I, if, if, if it were, if I had the ability, if I had the ability and just lay hands on you and let faith come, I would. Elisha couldn't even get it that way. Elijah said, if you are faithful enough that you're around when I am ascended, Elijah told Elijah, then you can come and have my mantle. But you've got to show yourself faithful even when things don't look promising. So the one who's discipling him, Elijah, is dying, you know, gets taken up into heaven, looks like death to me, is taken up to heaven in the chariot. Elisha's still around, right? And so here's Elisha seeing Elijah get taken up. You know what the story also says? There was 50 other prophets looking. And that mantle fell to the ground. Now, I don't know about you. If I was one of them 50, I'd have got there first. I'd be like finders keepers. And instead of Elisha, it'd be Carl. It'd be Carl all throughout the Old Testament because ain't nobody beating me to the blessing. I don't work too long and waited too long for my breakthrough to let somebody else in the crowd get my breakthrough. How about you? I would thank you, my love. Hey, people here. Hey, and so, um, and so we need to be faithful so we can pick up our blessing and come into breakthrough. Oh my gosh! Don't make me yell this. I, 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 I maybe, maybe Chelsea, I'm the only one in this room who needs breakthrough. What do you think? You think like everybody else has got like? I just, I need to press in and get my breakthrough. I need God to come through for me, and I need to be faithful so God can get my breakthrough. You hear me, Mikey? I need some breakthrough in my life. I'm believing God for a little bit of breakthrough right now. And God is looking to bring breakthrough into our lives. That's how, how do I know that? Because he has been testing me in my faith. He has been testing me. The fact that he's told me, hey, Carl, you know that thing right there that, you know, that, that, that problem you got that you've been wrestling with? Why don't you just go ahead and give away some stuff? And I'm like, what do you mean give away stuff? I'm asking you to bring me stuff and you're telling me to give stuff away. He's like, it's up to you. You want to be a fountain of blessings? Let me know. Because if you don't got no water, you can't be a fountain. Who knows what I'm talking about right now? And so he's like, you give a little bit of yours away, then I'll bring some more in, and then you could be a fountain of blessing. If you want a little bit of abundance, you're going to have to give that thing away. I just told you to give away. I'm like, God, I'm, I'm not sure I want to give that away. He says, because you don't trust me. I said, well, that wasn't very nice. I'm up here working myself to the bone, trying to serve you, reading the Word, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you're telling me I don't trust you? He said, well, if you trust me, just go ahead and give it away. I said, okay, I'll pray with my wife about it. That's what we'll do. We'll pray right there. Because, you know, the, the way my bank account is set up is I got my checking and my savings, and it's not all together. It's the same thing there. And I got, you know, there's documents that have to be in order and all that. And I just, you know, it's just, I, I'm, you know. And so, <clears throat> so my wife and I are talking, and she's like, I tell my wife, I'm like, hey, honey, <clears throat> God told me to give this thing away. And she said, that sounds like God. I'm like, who asked you, by the way? Who? I'm waiting for her to rebuke the devil or something. And um, <clears throat> something. But listen, I joke, but I'm serious. That, that to me, this is evidence. There's warfare. Warfare happened. God wants us to step out in faith. 
my wife been going through a battle, man. I'm, I, I, I wish, don't take this weird, wish I was a lady for tonight's ladies' night word because the word that my wife has, it's good. And she's like been wrestling through this thing. And she's like, I don't understand what's wrong because God's got you stepping out in faith in this thing. Amen. Come on, somebody. This is what did. That's why it's so uncomfortable. That's why it's so uncomfortable. God's got you stepping out in faith. You're like, I'm full of faith. Then why are you uncomfortable obeying God? Listen, don't, don't be under condemnation. Just know I just need to grow a little bit more in this. That's all. I need to work out that muscle a little bit. So in our, in our, in our, in our, in our message series, Summer of Faith, we talked the first week, we talked about believing faith. That's the faith that comes upon you to be saved. That's believing faith. That's not to be confused with trusting faith. In the Bible, trusting faith is mostly translated, the Greek word, in pistas, into faithfulness. There is a faith that is produced in your life that causes you to just stand when everybody else runs away. When you are able to just stand and see the salvation of God, when you are able to stay faithful when the world is telling you something different. I tell you what, we got, we got an election season coming on us, and you're going to have to work to stay faithful to Jesus. When everybody says, oh, if you're a Christian, you, you should be aligned to this party, or oh, if you're a Christian, you're supposed to be aligned to that party. People try to judge my Christianity based on politics. That's like, that's like measuring the distance between here and the gas station with a bucket of water. You're like, how does that work? It doesn't. It's two different things. My, my politics, my, my faith is in Jesus Christ. The moment you try to put my faith into something else, you are the devil. Hear me. You try to tell me, oh, I'll display my Christianity through this program. That Oh, devil. No, you a lie. My faith, my faith will remain in Jesus. I don't care if nobody gets elected. There's 182 nations, I believe, right now, recognized by the U.N. 182. 181 of them are not going to vote in our election. And those people are Christians. Do you hear what I'm telling you right now? Do not believe the lie that there is a Christian political whatever. Amen. Are you hearing me right now? You're like, Pastor, you keep beating this drum because you are being inundated with lies telling you you've got to take a political stance to be a follower of Jesus. It is a lie. It is a, it is an, it is a bad, bad imitation of Jesus. People who say that, I say, have you actually met Jesus? I have met him. And he don't look like none of these American political parties. He don't look like a Canadian political party. He don't look like a Mexican political party. He don't look like any of them. He looks like Jesus. I can find so much sin in both platforms. They're like, you've got to pick the lesser of two evils. I'm never going to pick evil. I'm a Christian. Christians don't pick evil. He's the lesser of two evils. Why are you picking evil? Why, when, what, like, like, hey, here's two guys, single woman. This one's going to cheat on you 12 times. This one's only going to cheat on you three times. Which one are you picking? You're going to be like, neither one of them. I'm not picking the lesser of two evils. I'm waiting for something good. I'll put my name on something good. Amen. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm not taking the name of someone I know is no good. Oh, pastor, you're liberal. Liberal? No, this is called being a conservative Christian. I do not put my faith in political parties. A biblical liberal is someone who tells you to give your allegiance to a political party. That is not the orthodox faith. That is a bastardization of our faith. And don't let anybody lie to you. It'll keep you safe. 
It'll keep you safe. I'm telling you, political season is coming, and they want your faith. Don't give it to them. So we talked about saving faith. We talked about trusting faith. Today we're going to talk about obedient faith. Obedient faith. The, the miracle-working faith that we need today is obedient faith. Where's Duke at? Where's Duke at? Where'd he go? I need Duke, I need Duke right here with my obedient faith, miracle-working faith. This, this, the world, you know what? The world needs to, there he is. He's trading stocks in the back room right now. He's like, the anointing is here. I'm going to go ahead and close some deals under the anointing of God. You know what I used to do, Mikey? I used to, I used to bring, I used to have, bring a, a, a briefcase. Back to you, carry a briefcase. Uh, I, I would bring like a soft-sided briefcase with all my bills in it to church. And in worship, I would just hold it up to the Lord. I'd be like, I need my bills in the anointing. <laughs> Because I don't see Jesus in none of this, <laughs> and so I used to just, I used to just, and then worship would get good, and I would just begin prophesying over them in the name of Jesus. I cast you out. <laughs> I declare death in the death over this debt in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, I, I I just believe God will move in all these things. I tell you today, the only debt my wife and I have is our mortgage. Period. Amen. And we are not rich people. Like, well, Pastor, you got a car with a dent in it. I got a paid off car with a dent in it, is what I got right there. I have paid off in the name of Jesus. And I'm believing God that my mortgage is going to be paid off. Amen? I'm, I'm believing God. I'm going to be mortgage free way before they say it. I just believe. I'm, I'm debt free, I believe, is what God wants all of us. Amen? Debt free. Listen, if you're, if you're a businessman and you're like saying, well, Pastor, you have to leverage debt for this. That's not what I'm talking about, all right? That's, that's, hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying, you know, I understand you have to leverage debt when business for taxes and all that. That's not what I'm talking about. You, you hear what I'm talking about. I'm talking about borrowing money because you don't have money to buy stuff. Debt, right? We're not talking about business things here. Amen? This, this, you know, people are like, oh, what Pastor said, he's a hundred. Give me a little grace, all right? I understand these things. But this world needs a sign that Jesus is alive. You want to know a sign that Jesus... Come on, I just... I feel faith. Now I know why my message is so short. Because it's going to take me so long. Ed, come on. I'm, I'm, Mike, if we're going to get some miracle working power in some people's lives, you hear me? Shut up. I'm, 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 I'm not a wealthy man. Right? I... I don't know if you know this. I do not pastor a mega church. I don't have I don't have ten more of these somewhere else. <laughs> right? God pays me. I get paid according to my according to my priesthood, not according to my ministry. Right? I'm I'm paid according to how Jesus how I minister to Jesus, not according to these earthly things. God God's in. and so my, I I own a four bedroom home in Boca. How did that happen? Because that's a sign. That's a sign to Boca Raton that I do not have to worship your God to get ahead. I do not have to worship your God to get ahead. God is at work in this house. I have. I cannot tell you, if you are struggling for housing, I don't know how many people who were broke bought a house through this ministry. I can just, I can just run through it. Just so many. They're like, I don't know how it happened. I, I do. I do, because there's miracle-working power in this church. That's how. That's why women come into this church. Chelsea, how many women we came in this church telling us they can't have babies? 
and we stood them on stage and had their baby dedication. I mean, it, it's to the point where we just laugh. <laughs> I can't have a baby. Oh, yeah, I'm, I check Jesus still on the throne. Watch out. We, we, we can't in the name of Jesus, but y'all can in the name of Jesus. <laughs> that window is closed. But this world needs a sign that Jesus is alive. They, I mean, we, we, Jesus is alive. He is alive. He is alive. And he is still working, he is still moving, and he is still doing miracles. He is still doing miracles. We, we um, the first, I want to, want to, want to talk a little bit about obedient faith. In the, the very beginning of the book of Romans, I've wrestled with Romans. I have been studying it a lot recently, um, and Paul talks about Romans as being his gospel. And at the very beginning of his letter to the church of Rome, Paul, he starts talking. He says, uh, he's like, Paul, a slave of Jesus. Paul, that's bond servant, a slave. He introduced it, Paul, a slave of Jesus, called to be a sent one, an apostle. A slave called to be sent. There's mysteries in this gospel. You're like, I'm trying to go this way, but God is telling me to go that way. That's because he can take a bondservant, and while he's a bondservant, be a sent one. He says, Paul, a slave of Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the good news, which he declared through the prophets in the Old Testament about Jesus, who's the Son of God, through the power of the resurrection of the Holy Ghost. Verse 5, Romans chapter 1, verse 5. He says, through whom we have grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for his name's sake. Look at this. Jesus, Paul tells us, he was the son of God through the power of the resurrection. And through Jesus, here's what you have received. Grace. You've received apostleship. What is that? We have grace, which is the, the Spirit of God, the, the, the power of God, the movement of God. This, 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 this unction of the Holy Ghost, this movement of the Spirit of God on earth. And we have the community of Christ, your church, your pastor. We have grace and apostleship. We have God moving mysteriously, unseen, in, through, toward, around us. And we have apostleship. We have this apostolic leadership that hopefully either you are directly under or your pastor is under this apostleship. We have grace of God. We have this apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith. For God's glory, for His namesake, for the sake of Jesus Christ. This, this, this is, listen, this is the purpose of your life. The purpose of your life is to bring glory to the name of Jesus. Every inner desire you have that is from God ultimately leads 
to bringing glory to the name of Jesus. I talk about my house a lot because it is such a miracle testimony. I had had decided in my heart that I was not going to get married until I could afford a family. And God told me to get married when I could not afford a family. And so we were not going to have children because we could not afford children. And then the Lord told us to have children. And we're like, we're not really at that place. And uh, it was our heart that Pastor Tracy would stay home with the kids, and we definitely could not afford that. And so what we did was we were faithful in that. We were broke in that. We didn't debt in that. We were broke in that. We were super, 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 super broke for a very long time. And we just began crying out to God, God, this is unjust. God, this is, this, this, is, this is according to the spirit of this age. This is the spirit of mammon that says that we cannot afford a home. This is not the spirit of Christ. And then, out of nowhere, if you haven't heard the testimony, I'll tell it again soon. We, got, we miraculously got a house in East Boca. And it's not just because Carl wants to look like something to somebody or it somehow says something about me. I talked about this in my life group. I said something about houses uh, a couple weeks ago, and it came out completely backwards. I explained it in my life group. I've explained what I meant to say. I said how it came out was wrong. So just ignore what I said. Um, I just repent of how I said it. It's not what I meant. Um, but I, if God would have brought me a bigger house, I'd have moved into it. I'll tell you that. And if you brought me a bigger house tomorrow, I'd move into it. But 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 I didn't I didn't want a house so that I'd be somebody. I wanted a house so my kids could grow up somewhere nice. I wanted to I wanted to bring honor to the name of Jesus through my family. And as every time I bring up my, my house, I bring it up and I tell people, this is God. This is just, it's absolutely God that I got this house. It's just, it's a miracle from heaven that I got this God. My, my, my daddy didn't give me any money. Like, this is just God bless me. And I say it so that you know that he is a very good God. And you can trust him in the thing that you're dealing with. But we brought grace and apostleship to bring about obedience of faith among the Gentiles for his name's sake. That's the very beginning of the gospel. Well, not the gospel, but the book to Romans, the epistle to the church in Rome. At the end of the book, he says this in Romans chapter 16. Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery, which has been kept secret from long ages past, but now is manifested by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandments of the eternal God, has been made known to all the nations. Watch this. Verse 26. But now is manifested, and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the eternal God, has been made known to all the nations, leading to what? Obedience of faith. Thank you, my head. Obedience of faith. Leading to the obedience of of faith. Man, I, um, I I just had a couple points today, and I hope that it provokes you. I hope that you walk out of here just trusting God a little bit more in the crazy things He tells you. I am super excited about what God wants to do in and through us, but it's going to take people of faith. Let me tell you this. Obedient faith is productive faith. Obedient faith is productive faith. You, you can't even become a Christian without obedient faith. Hebrews 5.9 says this, And having been made perfect, He became to all those who obey Him 
the source of eternal life. You had to obey Jesus just to get saved. You, you, you have to surrender your understanding of what the truth is that you've been taught your entire life just so that you can come into salvation. Nothing in this world that the world has trained you, that has taught you, that you learned in elementary school and middle school and high school, there's nothing in this natural realm that one day you would wake up and say, you know what, I bet 2,000 years ago a guy died, and if I believe that, I'll go to heaven. There's nothing in this world that says that. It is only the preaching of the gospel that can produce faith on the inside of you to believe this story that because Jesus Christ was raised from the dead by His Father through the work of the Spirit, He has overcome death. And as we have faith in Him, we can have eternal life as well. Something happens when you hear that story. There's so many people deconstructing their faith today and they tell the story. They're like, is that ridiculous or what? And they think they're saying something crazy. Guess what? It is ridiculous. It is a ridiculous story. It does not make any sense in the natural. It does not make any sense to the intellect. That's why Paul literally said this gospel is a stumbling block. You will stumble on it if you think you have to understand it. You cannot understand it. But something happens when the Holy Ghost comes into your heart and the Holy Ghost will show you something that does not make sense. And all of a sudden, when the Holy Ghost puts the Holy Ghost glasses on you, you're like, well, that kind of makes sense. Why does it make sense? Because the Holy Ghost is involved. That's why the Bible says you cannot preach Jesus Christ is Lord except by Holy Spirit. Because you need some Holy Ghost goggles on to see the truth. Because all the world sees is the world. They don't have this other lens where truth is being revealed in the spirit realm called the Holy Ghost. But when you get the Holy Ghost working on the inside of you, all of a sudden you see a situation and people are like, oh, I don't know how that's going to work out. You're like, me neither. Good thing I don't need to know because I see it by the Spirit. I see it by the Spirit. I don't know how that's going to work out. I don't have any idea. The Bible does tell me there's no way to the Father except through the Son. And you're like, what sense does that make? Holy Ghost glasses. Ah, complete sense. Believe in Jesus Christ and I'll have eternal life. Do you remember this? you remember when you got your Holy Ghost glasses? You got saved and then you opened the book and you're like, who put these words in here? I've read this before and they didn't make any sense. And now all of a sudden, it makes sense. It completely makes sense because you are connected to this Word by the same Spirit who inspired the authors of these words. All of a sudden, there's a connection to what God is doing that you didn't have before through faith. Through faith. P Peter preached this in Acts 5. He says, we are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey Him. We're witnesses of those things. I, I, now, I literally didn't see Jesus rise from the dead. Right? I, like, I, I wasn't in the garden tomb. I mean, I actually was when, when I was there a couple years ago, but He wasn't there still. Right? He had already ascended. Jesus wasn't there anymore. Right? He wasn't getting mail there forwarding address happened. He wasn't there, right? But, here's what the Bible says. I was not there physically. But, 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 he says here, Peter said that, look, hey, we witness those things, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey Jesus. Wow. So they saw it, and they got it. I didn't see it. 
and I got it. How? Because I tapped into the one who is true. And when I started listening to him, he gave me the faith to know things I could not know by the power of Holy Spirit. By obeying Jesus, we receive the Holy Ghost. I remember there was a young man, and uh, this was many, many, many years ago. And he was desperate to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. I mean, he really, really wanted the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And uh, he asked me one day, you know, he's like, hey, can you pray for me? Of course, of course, I'll pray for you. And, um, you know, I prayed for him. It was like praying for this, this music stand right here. You ever pray for somebody? It's like you're praying for a tree. Or you're praying for a wall. You know, you know what I'm talking about, dude? You're praying for somebody and you're like, are you actively praying against me? Like, I don't, I don't know what's happening right now. Like, I, I, I could be watching TV and, and feel the same anointing that I'm feeling right now. And I prayed for him and, and, and I was like, this is going absolutely nowhere. And, uh, and he's, you know, he's all disappointed and all that. And that's great, you know, whatever. And, uh, and he says to me, like, randomly, like three days later, he's like, do you think that you can smoke weed and be baptized in the Holy Ghost? I was like, well, that's a very odd question. Why, 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 why are you asking me that? He's like, because I'm, I'm pretty sure God told me to stop smoking weed. And I was like, well, then for you, yeah, you can't smoke weed and get baptized in the Holy Ghost because you are actively disobeying God. I'm not making a theology of marijuana or CBD. I'm telling you, Holy Spirit told this man not to do something. And he was not walking in obedience to God. And in his midst of not walking in obedience, he was not getting God's blessing. I was like, well, you might want to consider... I don't know, obeying God. Like, if you call him God, you might want to treat him like God, right? Otherwise, he's not really God. And so that was the last conversation we had. And I actually worked with this guy. And uh, they decided they were going to fire him. And, uh, and um, he got, they gave him, this is really weird, like a two-week notice. And what was really uncomfortable was they had him trading me to do his job, which was really awkward. Um, but it is what it is. I need a job. You know, I'm sorry for you. Happy for me. Right? So um, I needed the job. And so, um, and so we've been talking and whatnot. And now we're in this little office together all day. Right? And all day. And I'm just, I'm, and, and this is back, there was a revival happening in Toronto. And they would have services every night. And I would play them every day. Like, and they were like four-hour services. And I would just stream them every day. And he's like, this music is terrible. I'm like, it is terrible. I agree. But it's anointed, right? And so I would be playing these whatnot, and, um, and, and I'd just be getting baptized in the Holy Ghost every day. And uh, eventually, like the day before he was supposed to leave, he was like, man, I, I quit smoking weed. I was like, man, good for you. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you, you know. I pray that, you know, your faith would grow and blah, blah. He goes, will you pray for me? I was like, sure. I prayed for him. And it was like a lightning bolt came out of heaven, and it struck him. I mean, it was like, Literally, like the angel of the Lord came down with a lightning bolt and struck him. Now, he's laid out under the glory of God in my little office. I mean, we got an office about the size of my office now, about half the size of Pastor Tracy's. And, like, people had to come in there all the time. And he's laid out crying uncontrollably, and he can only speak in tongues. And he's, he's doing that ugly cry when, like, snot is coming down your face. And I was like... I'm going to miss you. You know, I'm, 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 I'm a little parting gift there, I guess. You know, we didn't get you a cake. I just got you baptized in the Holy Ghost. I just, I, 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 bless him, Father, wherever he is now. I pray things are going well. But, 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 but there is an obedience to Jesus that brings about the blessings of God. Um, and, and, and what we don't want to do is we don't want to tell people what God is telling them to do so that they can walk in God's blessing. 
We do not want to be Holy Spirit. Let's all say that together. We do not want to be Holy Spirit. And the lost do not need us to be Holy Spirit. The, the lost need Holy Spirit to be Holy Spirit. They need us to be symbols of God's love. What I am really convicted of more than ever in the United States is I'm not sure that Christians are really good neighbors. I'm not sure if you are living in sin, you would consider a Christian family to be good neighbors. I, I think if you were living in a sexually compromised lifestyle next door to Christians, would you be considered a good neighbor? Hello, that's a real question. We need to learn how to be good neighbors to people who do not have the Holy Spirit goggles on. We need to learn how to be signs that Jesus Christ is alive to people who do not see Him. And we don't do that by being Holy Spirit. We don't do that by telling them what they're doing wrong. The Bible says that's the Holy Ghost job. We're there to show them what a miraculous, loving, obedient to Jesus lifestyle looks like. This is, we just, this is the blessing that we get to walk in as believers. That we, let me tell you, let me free you up if you have a religious spirit. I'm about to make life so much sweeter for you. You don't ever have to tell anybody what they're doing wrong other than your children and the people that you're responsible for. And you have to do that in a way, the Bible says, without making them angry. Do not provoke your children to wrath, the Bible says. And so we, the people we do get to correct, we have to figure out in our heart how to do it without getting wrath from them. And the rest of the world, we get to just love them. Now, it's more fun to judge them, right? It's more fun to judge them and tell them what they're doing wrong. It's more fun to be self-righteous. It's more fun to, to, to pass laws against them. It's more fun to boycott and cancel them. I mean, that makes us feel so superior. The, the problem is we're the one being boycotted by the Holy Ghost when we do that because we're walking in judgment. Anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about? It does not help. It, it does not help. I've never heard anybody say, well, my aunt was so mean to me long enough I decided to get saved. It, it just, I've led a lot of people to Jesus. I've never heard anybody say that. Well, they were picketing outside of where I was going, and well, that just showed me the love of God, and I got saved. I bet that's not how you got saved. I bet, I bet, I bet you didn't really know God well, and you were nervous, and you went somewhere where God was. Maybe it was the Bible, maybe it was a church, and you just were scared. But people loved on you, and then the Holy Ghost came and changed your life. Isn't that how it works? Now, wouldn't you like to be the place where God dwells that people go to and get saved, because the goodness of God is seen in our lives? This is who we want to be as a community. A place where people come and they see that God is present. Oh, Jesus. All right. The Holy Ghost illuminates our path so we can walk in the light as children. This is, this is, what, this is what Peter was saying in Acts. We obey Jesus. We receive the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost illuminates our path so we can walk in the light as children of God. The Holy Ghost gives us power to obey God and walk a life of victory. To, to walk a life of victory. A life of victory does not necessarily mean that your finances look like... Well, let me say this a different way. A life of victory does not mean that we don't have the problems the world has. A, wife, a life of victory means that we have peace in the midst of these storms knowing that God has got this. And sometimes we've got to tell ourselves that. God's got me. God's got this. 
This is, this is the faith, this is the obedient faith that produces something. Obedient faith is productive faith. Our faithful obedience should be producing something in the world around us. People should be blessed for having known us as people who obey God. Amen? Hey, for those who uh, weren't here at the beginning of uh, worship, uh, Zach and Maddie are back from their honeymoon. They got married. They don't sit together in church, but you know, eventually, eventually the two will become one. And uh, he, he's serving right now, so you know, we bless him for that. We thank you uh, for that. But we're, just, we're happy for them. Hallelujah. Second thing, let me tell you this. Obedient faith is mysterious faith. Obedient faith is mysterious faith. I, um, oh Jesus, we live in a world that we want to protect ourselves. We really want to protect ourselves. <clears throat> and there's a lot of money to be made in making you feel scared that you're not protected. Jesus said, there's not one that you've given me that I have lost. <clears throat> and so there's a whole market out there to make you scared so you spend money on things and you'll agree with them that it is a scary world. I, I, I remember when uh, Pastor Tracy and I, <clears throat> our kids were in Christian middle school, which, we, which was a real godsend for us. Uh, but we saw their eighth grade year, they started having these school assemblies and, uh, with the eighth graders. And in the eighth graders, they would be telling them about all the terrible things happening in, in high school, like in, uh, you know, all the kids are on drugs, and, and uh, I, don't, I don't know, maybe there's, there's like uh, classes on how to transition, uh, you know, to other genders, and, you know, they're, they're, they're teaching kids how to be gay, or, or, you know, everybody's on heroin, and then they'd have these, they'd have these um, parent-teacher uh, things where we'd get together, and uh, they would be talking about how the world is going to hell, and how these kids in the public schools are... They're, they're just going through all these trials. You remember this, Pastor Tracy? You remember this? They would just be trying to scare us. And I was like, you know, I, I went to public school, and I was a heathen, and now I'm a pastor. And so I just feel like my daughter as a Christian, my son as a Christian, like I don't remember anybody eating me. I don't, I don't, I don't remember these yoga classes. I don't, I don't remember this indoctrination. They were trying to make us fearful because they were trying to get us to enroll our kids in their high school. Like they, they, like they have something to gain from us being scared of school. And uh, we just, uh, we're like, well, this. and so our, we decided, and, and this is for every family to make your own decision, of course, but for us, we decided to send our kids to um, public high school. And uh, our, kids, our kids kept relationships, and they would go back for, like, football games or whatever, and, the, and like, the, the people come up to them and be like, how, how are you? And they're like, doing fine, you know, like, how's how, how school, like, Still okay. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Things are going well. Um, I'm here. I'm still Christian. Got Christian friends in school. They're like, oh, is, is there a lot of drugs? They're like, not as many as I hear is going on in this school. Like, I, 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 <laughs> they, 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 don't, 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 make, don't make decisions out of fear. It will not work. It, 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 does, it does not work. And, and bless the Lamb, both of our kids, you know, graduated to high school, saved. You know, they didn't get eaten. They're not using heroin. Uh, they, they didn't transition to different, you know, they didn't become, you know, married to a tree or, you know, whatever they say is happening in public school these days. But there is a fear they're trying to install in us. And I'm like, like, I, I, I want us to understand this. Who should have more faith in the Holy Spirit than a Christian school? 
Yet they had no faith that Holy Spirit could protect my kids in high school. If this is your theology of Jesus and Holy Spirit, I'm not sure they're safer here. I think it might be better for my kids to be somewhere where they actually need Holy Spirit so they can walk a Christian life in the midst of the world. Does this make sense? I wanted my kids to see like, okay, I have choices to make. No one's forcing me into Bible study class. Nobody's forcing me to youth group. I have a choice to make between what this world is showing me and what God is offering me. And now I just decided, like, we're going to be Christians in the world. We're not going to be so scared of the world and think of the world as our enemy. We're actually going to walk in the anointing of the Holy Ghost so that we can be light in the world. And you know what happened? My daughter, who's a singer, as you know, she would be in choir, and she would come home and tell me, we're in choir, and there's like, be all these saved girls in the choir. And they would be witnessing the girls in the choir. And she's like, a girl got baptized in the Holy Ghost at choir school today. And choir class. There were kids getting baptized in the Holy Ghost at my daughter's secular school. At her Christian school, they didn't even believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And they're getting baptized in the Holy Ghost at Spanish River High School. Come on, somebody. I mean, like, I'm, like this, is what, this is what I'm talking about. Oh, y'all going to get excited eventually. But these people prey on the unknown. When, when you read about the early church, and, I, and I'm going to keep beating in the, read the church fathers. Read what they wrote in the first three centuries. They lived in a world where they were being murdered, where they couldn't get jobs, where their families were subjected to slavery and they were exiled, where they were routinely murdered for their faith. They, they could not be part of society at times. They had to live on the outside of society. We have all books of martyrs from this time. And time and again, in their writings, they didn't say like, oh, they're not being nice to us. Oh, we're so persecuted. They would time and again declare in their writings, we are more than overcomers through Jesus Christ our Lord. By the power of the Holy Spirit, nothing can defeat our faith. Nothing will trouble our faith. We will never surrender because we are seated at the right hand of the Father. We can overcome any obstacle through Christ Jesus who fills us. They would be strapped to a stick with fire burning on them and they would say, I have overcome sin and death with Jesus Christ on my side. They weren't some sort of victim. They were overcomers. And right now, there are people making money trying to make you think that you're some sort of non-overcomer, that the world is overcoming us, that, that somehow we're being persecuted because someone at Starbucks who's not saved didn't say Merry Christmas or some nonsense like this. I'm like, we have such a privilege place in the world today. We have no idea what our privilege is like. Go to Saudi Arabia and complain that they didn't say Merry Christmas. Go to Afghanistan and say, oh, they said something bad about the Bible. You'll see what happens. You would be murdered. We would become martyrs. But here in America, we're so privileged. Any inconvenience seems like some sort of persecution. Like It almost seems like we have a persecution fetish in the church. We're so desperate to be like the early church, we start cosplaying like we are. Oh, we're, we're being persecuted. Oh no, we're suffering. No, you're not. We got a Christian president. We got a Christian speaker of the house. We got Christian supreme court leaders. We got Christian governors. We got Christians head of our schools. We can pray wherever we want. We can take the Bible wherever we want. I can wear this cross wherever I want. And no one can tell me I can't. We are not being persecuted. Do not let people lie to us. They're lying to us because they have an agenda. 
We are blessed. And we're blessed to be a blessing to those who do not know that this cross represents life. My Savior died a terrible death, a horrible death, a shameful death. They tried to make it shameful to associate with Him. But somehow, in that first three centuries, they said, His shameful death is bringing glory to me. I glory in my suffering. I glory in my persecutions. I don't do what the world does, but I'm not jealous of the world. I'm so thankful that I got the Holy Ghost of God on the inside of me so I can be obedient and walk in the blessings of God. Can you say amen? Amen. And we're thankful for that Jesus. I'm thankful that I'm able to be a follower of Jesus. I got a friend in, in Mexico who has a, a whole string of churches. His name is Josh Reynosa. And, uh, excuse me, Josh. He's in Reynosa. Uh, and it's Josh Muse. And some of you know him. Uh, Josh, Josh, Josh in, in Mexico, Josh Rain, uh, in Reynosa, he's got pastors who have been murdered for their faith. In Mexico, we got martyrs happening in Mexico every day. The cartels are murdering pastors every day. I remember when I went to Reynosa, uh, the, the one time I was there, which was awful and was kind of enough for me, I'm going to be honest with you. I'll probably go again, but it wasn't good. Uh, but they, 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 they were cutting the heads off of people and hanging them from bridges to intimidate people. Like, this is common. This is common in Mexico. There are so many martyrs right here in our hemisphere. This is, what, this is, this is real faith. This is, this is what's happening. But when you get saved, when you get saved, like, here, here's, the, here's how obedient faith is mysterious. We don't know. When you get saved, you don't know what's on the other side of salvation. You got, you got no idea. I don't know what happened to you. I know that when I got saved, I was a heathen. And God was calling me to Him. I did know that. And, uh, and, and they would have an altar call at this church uh, that, I, that, I, that I went to. Um, actually, I got baptized in the Holy Ghost sovereignly. Uh, and then the next week I went to like a mildly charismatic church. And uh, every week they, would have, they were having an altar call in that season. And they would call people to the front. And, uh, and then after you came to the front, they'd pray. And they'd send you to this back room. Right? And you've got to know about me. If you don't really know me. I grew up a little bit hood, right? Like, and, um, and, and, and for me, I wouldn't go up to the front because I'm like, you ain't taking me in no back room. Uh-uh. I don't, I don't know. There could be back, people back there with chains. I don't know. They could be swinging pool cues at people. I don't know what's going on back there, and I'm not quite ready for that. Like, I, I wouldn't have a place where I could trust people just go in this back room. I'm like, no, we could do it right here. Like, we could talk right here. Why we got to go in the back? So if you grew up hood, you know what I'm talking about right now. Is, is this resonating with anybody in the room? I'm like, you don't got to take me nowhere. We could stay right here. And so for me, for me, part of getting saved was trusting that I was going to be able to handle whatever happened in that back room, right? Does this sound crazy? It is a little crazy now to talk about it, but that's, that's where I was at. That's where I was at. I, I couldn't trust. And so one day I finally had to, had to make that altar call and go in the back room. And I'm like, I'm ready. Like, whatever's going to happen, your boy is ready. Like, I don't know what's going on back there, but I'm ready. And, and I go back there, and they lay hands on me, and I got the devil cast out of me. I didn't, but, but I didn't know what was going on. When you give your life to Jesus, we have no idea what's going on on the other side of that because we have not received the Holy Spirit of God yet. And so if you're at a place today, you're like, oh, y'all, I don't know about all this. I'm not ready to be Christian yet. You don't, you don't even know what it means to be a Christian. You've never experienced being a Christian. You, you have never seen the Bible through the lens of the Holy Ghost. You have never experienced the love of God through the Holy Ghost. You're like, oh, He's done things for me. Yeah, but one day He will do things in us. 
and He will come abide with us. And He will give us assurance that He will never leave us or forsake us. And that's something you get once you get on the other side of the mystery of salvation. But you've got to make that journey from unknowing to knowing so you can get that baptism in the Holy Spirit so you can be filled with the Spirit of God. But you don't know that if you have not been obedient to God yet. You have not experienced the mystery. All we can do is seek Him. And here is the pattern I want you to understand as you guide anybody into this faith journey. Put it up if you would, please, Josh. We are to seek God. We are to trust God. And then we are to obey God. Seek God, and He's going to speak to us. We seek Him, and He speaks to us. We trust Him, even in hard times. We trust that His plans for us are good, even when He gives us hard things to do. And we obey, even when He tells us to do things that we do not understand why He's telling us to do them. We seek God, we trust God, and we obey God. This is how we journey into the blessings of God. See, there was this pattern that had turned into the church that began to pervert how this grace would work. What they would say is, in order to get God's grace, you have to be good. And if you do good things, then God blesses you and you get a blessed life. And you hear it a lot in this kind of like pop religion that everybody gets what they give. There's kind of like this religion of karma out there these days. Everybody gets what they deserve or it all comes around. But guess what? For me, I broke the karma cycle because even when I'm bad, I'm going to heaven. Like I am not getting what I deserve and I thank Jesus abundantly that I do not, I am not getting what I deserve. I am doing good, but not so that it comes back to me. It's already come to me. And so I'm trying to send it back out all the time. Goodness has already come into my life, so I'm constantly, I'm trying to put out the good that I have already gotten. It is completely opposite of this worldly religion of karma, of if you do good, good things come to you. I will tell this, if you do bad, bad things do come to you. I do agree with that, because you set an atmosphere. We set an atmosphere of curse around us. I want to set an atmosphere of blessing. I want to set an atmosphere of obedience. I want to have an atmosphere of love all around me so that the Holy Ghost of God is near me and the angels of God are in my sphere in the presence of God. I want to to walk in miracle atmosphere is what I want. And so I want to cultivate the presence of God in my life so that when I am speaking this gospel, there's such a purity of heart in my life that as I'm speaking the gospel, the Holy Ghost of God is working on the heart of the person right in front of me. There is a connection. My God connection is affecting their God connection. All of a sudden, there's so much power flowing through me that the power of God begins to spill out onto them, and it begins to give a little Holy Ghost jump start in their faith, and their spirit man comes alive. And they're like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what I'm experiencing right now. I don't know what I'm feeling right now. That's faith, brother. You don't know that, but that's faith, sister. God is drawing you to, the, to Himself right now. God is on the inside working, pulling. Some people come to this church because they have to, or someone draws them, or they drag them, or for whatever reason they come, and they're like, I don't know what was going on that Sunday. It felt like He was talking right to me. No, see, God is talking right to you. God uses the words and the Spirit of God in me. He's like, Carl, you just say these things, and the Holy Ghost translator is out there in the atmosphere, and the Holy Ghost translator begins to just interpret it right into your heart, right what you need to, come on, in one class we all clap. The Holy Ghost interpreter begins to interpret it right into your life. That is God giving you an opportunity to, to react to the Word of God coming in 
into your life. And then you just say, yes, God, I hear you speaking to me. I'm going to react in faith. Come on. Then we come into salvation and we get alive to God and then we hear him on our own. This 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 works based karma nonsense salvation. It's 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 not how it works. After the Reformation, they're like, no, 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 no. We don't do things to get God. We do we do things because of God. We do things because of God, because God has been just so good. I I, I love I love I love when when your kids are little. You like like there's nothing there's nothing better in life than when your little baby laughs at you. It could just be gas. You don't care. You don't care. Or, or you go over somebody's house and there's a little baby there and you go, hey. And they smile back. You're like, oh, I'm good. They don't know if you were a person or a plant. They, they don't know what's happening. They don't have any idea what's going on. But you're like, oh, oh, I feel good about myself. And there's nothing worse than when you go to smile at somebody and they knee mug you. I was at a my wife and I were on a vacation in Mexico at an all-inclusive resort. I'm like, and I'm, I'm happy. I'm having a good time. Carl's having a good time. And there was a dude there. I was like, uh, uh, I was like, hey, what's up? How you doing? He's like, what? I'm like, we're at an all-inclusive resort. Like, it's like we would go on cruises, and there were dudes trying to be thugs. I'm like, you're on a carnival cruise ship right now. Ain't no thugs on a cruise ship. Come on, man. Like, just... Take, take it down a notch, right? Like, no, this is my balcony. You know, like, no, just take it down a notch. And so there's this dude, and, 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 he, and, he, and, he, and, he, and I finally go, hey, man, how you doing? Where, where are you from? He says, I ain't friendly like that. I'm like, I'm about to go to the swim-up bar, and you trying to be like, I ain't friendly like that. You spent $6,000 to not be friendly like that. You're the fool right now, right? And so, and so I said to this other dude who I met from L.A., and we're just chilling because you can make some vacation friends because I'm never going to see you again. I can make up what I do for a living. I just not make up a name. Sometimes we'll go out and just call each other different names. I don't know. We just, just, it's, it's vacation. I can be whatever I want. What do, you, what, what, do you, what do you do for a living? I'm an airline pilot. Where do you fly out of? Can't talk about it. You know, just, just, just have a good time. Just do whatever I want. Everybody gets to cosplay a little bit, right? I want to cosplay sometimes. I'm on vacation. What do you do for a living? I, I, I invest in the stock market. What stocks? Can't tell you. Secret, right? I just don't want you to mess up my algorithm, right? And so I tell my other friend, I went to talk to this dude. He's like, oh, he's one of them Brooklyn cats. You know, I was like, that's stupid. That's just stupid. But I, like, I was born here, so I just, I'm not going to be friendly. Like, brother, would you like to meet Jesus? <laughs> Let me give you a new location that you can associate yourself with. If you think you've got to behave a certain way because you're from Brooklyn, I have a new location you can move to. It's called heaven, right? It's called the kingdom of heaven where you get to be friendly and not be scared of people, right? You can fully trust all the time that God is with you and life can be good. Because God has been good to me, I could be good to you. It doesn't matter how you treat me. I am reacting. See, just like how that baby smiled, I like when I'm nice to people who aren't friendly to me, and then I see Jesus smile at me. That's like, oh, I did the right thing today. I don't know what I did today good, but I got that one right. I was nice to someone who didn't necessarily, I hope you have a great day. Uh, yeah. God loves you, man. Just, just, you have a good one. God bless you. And I feel Jesus smile on me. Don't you love the smile of Jesus on your life? Chelsea, don't you love it when Jesus just smiles on you? Isn't it the best? Isn't it the best? 
I told a testimony a couple weeks ago where I felt like I was supposed to go minister to someone. I walked up to them. They wouldn't talk to me at all. I'm like, what in the world? I went and sat down. Holy Ghost, as clear as you hear my voice, Holy Spirit said to me, good job. I was like, what? I didn't do nothing. He's like, you did what I told you to do. You went. You went to witness to him. I was like, hey, are you all right? I just didn't like, no, I'm fine. And while I was just sitting over there, you know, I just really felt like God, you know, wanted me to come. I rarely use the God excuse. I don't blame it on God that I'm talking to you. I'm like, I, I, I fully own it, right? Like, it's me. It's not God, it's me. I just want to come over and see, you know, maybe, you think, nope, doing good. And then I just got to, well, I just felt like God, I'm fine. Oh, oh okay. I was like, I'm, I'm like in the middle of this situation thinking, man, this person's going to get gloriously saved. I'm going to cast the devil out of them. They're going to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to come tell the church. And it's going to be create a revival. And uh, I went and talked to him. Nothing happened. Went and sat down. I'm like, hmm, that was weird. God's like, good job. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, you think so? He's like, yeah, I sure do. I'm God. I'm like, all right. Then I did a good job. <laughs> Maybe that was just because Jesus knew I needed a little smile that day, right? Amen. So, so, so we don't do things because of works. We, we do things because Jesus loves us. Hear me. Obedient faith is moving faith. Faith and obedience go hand in hand. Faith and obedience go hand in hand. Romans, excuse me, Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews, they call it like the, the faith section of the Bible. This is like the Holy Ghost roll call of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. If you go to your Bible, you turn to the right, right before James, you get 11. If you're on your phone, hit the button where it says James. Right? That's how you do that. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. Hear this. He says, by faith, Abraham, are y'all, y'all, y'all okay right now? Are we doing good? Are we, are we good? I'm, 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 let me tell you what I'm doing right now. Let me tell you what I'm doing. I'm talking and I'm teaching the Bible, but I'm giving the Holy Ghost something to land on in you, in us, in us. I'm preaching this, and in our hearts, we're moving some things out of the way so the Holy Spirit can land on us so we can be a people who glorify God. That's what's happening right now. I often will just teach through the Bible and do a lot of teaching, but as we're finishing this series, I feel like I just need to provoke something. That's why we have some people prophesy during worship. That was good stuff, right? Tell them I'm busy. If, if, I don't know the answer to that. Um, yeah, I'm busy. Who calls the church at 11 o'clock on Sunday? Hey, what y'all doing? Um, church. Yeah? How's it going? Well, kind of busy right now. Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11. Amen. If they call back, just put them on speaker. Hebrews chapter 11. <laughs> nice to be home, right? Isn't it good to be family? Let me tell you a funny story. So my, my, my bishop, my bishop is older than me. And he's like, he's like, Carl, what you need to do next is hire a secretary. A friendly voice to answer the phone. I said, Bishop, ain't no one calls the church. Nobody uses the phone. Nobody calls anybody anymore. I have young people in my church. The least used app on their phone is the phone app. They don't call anything. <laughs> I'm, 
the phone never rings, I'm definitely not paying somebody to sit here and watch the phone not ring every day. I'm sorry. We have different age groups that we pastor to. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. Could you make... Has anybody here called the church in the last month? No. I get Instagram messages. Nobody calls. Like, it was funny because the week before, I'm like, we should just get rid of that thing. Like, why are we paying a bill and we don't even use it? And then he's like, you need to pay somebody to answer the phone. I'm like, Bishop, I do love you. But I ain't going to be able to do that. So we got voicemail for You know who calls us? Pastors in India. Wanting money. That's what we get. We get pastors from India. It's Pastor Carl in. Teresa's like, and who is this? And I'm not trying to fake an accent or anything, but it's an unpronounceable name. And we're like, where are you calling from? Pakistan. Yeah, no, he's busy right now. Thank you very much. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. Are we good? Are we, are we still friends? Am I talking too much or are we okay? Are we okay? Okay, I'm almost done. Hebrews chapter 11, starting at verse 8. <clears throat> By, what's that next word? By faith, Abraham. Okay, Abraham. Abraham. Abraham kind of started this whole thing. He's the one who got the revelation of, of, of there not being multiple gods. He's the one who got the revelation that there's one true God, right? So by faith, Abraham, oh, this might be important. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place, bless you, which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. I, I'm not going to preach this whole thing because I've preached too long already. But I want you to remember that obedient faith is a mysterious faith. And that obedient faith is a moving faith. And by faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Now, this faith, real faith, real faith means I only need to see the next step in front of me. I don't need to know where I go from there. I need to just be obedient in this step. And where we often come short of our blessing is, we tell God, tell me where we're going and I'll figure out how to get there. Tell me exactly how you're going to get me out of this situation and I will figure out the path out of this situation. Just let me know what the ministry is going to look like or the business is supposed to be or tell me who I'm supposed to date or who I'm supposed to marry or how am I... You, you just tell me what and, and leave the details to me. And God is like, actually, the way I like to do it is I will tell you what your next step is and you obey me in that step. And if you obey me in the next steps, I will get to you, I will get you exactly where you long to be. And you don't even know what it looks like right now because you don't have the faith to see it. But if you will obey me, I will take you to a place which you could not even imagine by faith, right? And so by faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he lived as an alien in the land of promise. 
it is very hurtful to feel like I'm, I belong in this place, but nobody treats me like I belong. But God told me I belong. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I feel like an alien. Like, like I'm supposed to fit in here, yet I don't feel like I fit in here. This is where Abraham lived. The God of heaven and earth. The God who revealed Himself in the three-in-one God. The God who sent His Son to die on a cross. God Abraham, who was to be the father of faith, moved Him into the land of promise. Yet he felt like an alien in the land of promise. Now, we would probably leave the land of promise if we felt like an alien. And if you track the life of Abraham, that's exactly what he did. He left because things got rough, and God brought him right back to where he was. But it took him a long time because his faith did not stay steady the whole time. He just delayed the blessing. By faith, he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Friend, this is what our hearts long for. Our hearts long for a life that God has built, that God has designed, that God is in control of. Our hearts were created to live in the glory and obedient presence of God. Abraham was going to have to move into the darkness in faith. And in our lives, God asks us to trust Him as we step into the darkness. As we just take that next step of faith. I don't think this is the prudent step to make, but I know this is the right step to make. God honors our obedience. If I can have the band come up. It says in verse 8, He went out not knowing where He was going. It was an uncomfortable place where He felt out of place. And if we need explanations and understanding, we won't ever get to walk in faith. Let me end with this. Obedient faith is trusting faith. Obedient faith is trusting faith. In Luke chapter 8, verse 10, he said, To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to the rest, it is in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. I want to I submit something to you right now. Leave that up if you would, Josh. To you, this is Jesus talking to the disciples. He's like, why are you talking in a parable? Why aren't you talking in a way that people understand? And not for nothing, the disciples didn't understand either. They didn't understand the story. The people didn't understand the story. To you, it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. I want to point out, it doesn't say to you has been given to understand the mysteries. I'm going to say that again. I want to point out, it doesn't say to you has been given to understand the mysteries. We just get to know the mysteries. We get to know that faith is mysterious. We get to know that if I just obey Jesus, 
God's blessings will come into my life. The Bible doesn't promise that we'll understand all things, that the mystery is going to be removed. And so we like to think that if we're, if we're obedient to God, we'll understand everything. And you're like, I don't understand God. Absolutely. And it's been granted for you to understand that there is a mystery. Salvation is a mystery. And it has now been revealed to me, that mystery, and I get to believe in that mystery for salvation. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is a mystery. Speaking in tongues is mysterious. But it's been granted to me to have this mysterious working. How is it that I lay hands on sick people and they get healed? I don't know. That is a mystery. But it's been granted to me to know this mystery. To those who do not know Jesus, they do not get to know this mystery. To them it is foolishness. But to me, when someone comes to me and says, there's nothing that can be done about this, I get to say, oh, oh yeah, absolutely. I know a mystery that you don't know. That God is a healer. God is a deliverer. God is love. God will fix that which ails you. Obedient faith. Stand with me if you would. Obedient faith is miracle working faith. Obedient faith is miracle working faith. Obedient faith is miracle working faith. Acts 19 says God was performing extraordinary miracles at the hands of Paul. Could you imagine living in a life of so many miracles that some are considered extraordinary? God was performing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul so that handkerchiefs and aprons were even carried from his body to the sick, and diseases left them, and evil spirits went out. Friend, let me let you know, this is the season we're entering back into here in this house. We're obedient faith produces this miracle working faith. Faith where spirits come out with a word. Where people get saved where they weren't even thinking about it. Where a miracle of healing happens in worship. Where lives get turned around and people get turned upside down for the glory of Jesus. This is the faith that we are coming into in this house as we begin to listen, follow, and obey the voice of God as we determine in our heart that Jesus and Jesus alone gets to determine what is truth in our lives. As we obey simply the things God tells us to do, then He adds to us the blessings of our obedience. You say amen. I want to pray for us. Keep playing. I want to pray for us. I want to pray that Jesus would speak to us clearly. That we will be obedient quickly. And that we will glorify Jesus with our lives. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. I want to give some of you an opportunity right now to put your faith in God. To give your life to Jesus that the mystery of salvation can be revealed to you. If you put your heart and put your faith in Jesus today, He will save you. 
So with every head bowed and every eye closed, including the band, close your eyes and bow your head if you would. I want to pray for you. So that you can receive this gift of salvation. Maybe you've never known God. Maybe, maybe the Holy Spirit brought you here today so that you could get saved. Maybe you, you, you once walked with the Lord. Maybe you were obedient and you saw God moving in your life, but you've grown cold. You're no longer obedient. You're just barely hanging on. You live the life of sin. Or maybe, maybe God has called you to be obedient in something and you're just having a hard time obeying. I want to pray for you today. I want you to, I want to lead us in a prayer of salvation and in a prayer of surrender to Jesus, making Him Lord over our lives. With every head bowed, every eye closed, that's you would say any one of those three things. Put your hand up and down very quickly if you will, please. I saw you. Who else? Yep, 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 I see you. Yep, you can put it down. Yep, 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 you can put it down. There you go. Amen, amen, amen. Now, I'm going to say a prayer, and we're all going to say it out loud together. Everyone loud and proud, no one being singled out. Say, Lord Jesus, today I give you my life. I pledge you my obedience. I believe that you are God. I believe you died on a cross for my sins. And the Father raised you from the dead. And now you're in heaven praying for me. And one day you'll come back to the earth and you will rule and reign. Today I receive you as my Savior. Today I declare that I will obey you. And today I declare that I am yours. Fill me with your spirit and give me power over the devil. Give me power to be a witness and give me power to be obedient. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. Can you clap your hands? Hallelujah. 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 Amen and amen. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time today, we're going to have some people in the lobby. We would love to get some information on following Jesus. Just let them know. Go out and connect the person and get some info. Right now, let me bless you before we go. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause His face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance to you and give you peace. Give a clap off for the Lord if you would. Hallelujah. Remember, ladies, ladies' night is tonight at 7 o'clock. We'll have some child care. They're going to watch a movie and eat food of some candy sort. The kids are, not the ladies. Ladies, you're on your own. You're on your own. But if you need prayer for something, we would love to pray for you if you would come to the front. Otherwise, if you're a guest, I would love to meet you in the lobby. God bless you, and have a great week.